Hi, Gauri here. We've collected the best insights from the first 20 Knowledge Base Ninjas episodes into a clear and concise ebook. Simply send a blank email to ninja at bcast.email. That's ninja at bcast.email and it will be sent right back to you. Thank you. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Gauri Ramkumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day everyone. Our guest today is Ellis Pratt, director at Cherry Leaf. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Uh, Ellis, how are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. It's quite warm here. It's a very warm day for June, and I've got the door open. So if you hear some aircraft or hear some pigeons, then apologies for that. But I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> we love, we we love, we 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 would love to hear those aircraft noises once more, Ellis. So that's that's absolutely mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> Fantastic. So I, I think just to bring everything into context, uh, please um, uh, help us understand a little bit more about yourself and what's Cherry Leaf and what are you doing in terms of this documentation space, please. Okay, well, it's slightly different from the other guests that you've had on the podcast, or the, certainly the ones that I've, the episodes that I've been listening to, in that I am a director and co-owner of Cherry Leaf, and so I'm not working as a technical author within or a documentation manager within a company, but I'm helping to run a technical writing services and technical and um, training company. So we're writing documentation for companies. Uh, we're teaching and training people to become better technical communicators and to a lesser extent we also do recruitments where if somebody wants a contract or permanent technical author then we help place those so we work with a number of different companies doing different different project work fantastic so uh, please share how you initially got into this uh, technical and ux content industry Well my I did a degree in business studies and did some time in accounting and some time in technical support working for a software company doing the tech support there um but what I wanted to do was move into sales and marketing and my first opportunity to do that was with a company called TMS who were a technical writing services company and they also did training in something called information mapping and so i got involved in looking for companies that might want those particular services and then i moved to another company in that same space called digitext and digitext specialized in creating help files for windows applications and i was the business development manager there and over time what happened was the internet came about and there was the introduction of intranets so we helped introduce a number of intranets particularly within central government and organizing and structuring content around that and then in 2002 uh we set up our own company called cherry leaf 
um, which we owned. And that was, uh, again, a technical writing services company. Um, but we began by all working remotely. So we, we've been a virtual, we've sort of worked as a virtual office based approach or remote working ever since we began back in 2002. Fantastic. So that's roughly, should I say 20 years or 18 years of experience? It's 18 years. It was, it was November, December 2002. So we'll be coming up to our 18th birthday at the end of this year. Super, fantastic, fantastic. So it's special 18. <laughs> Great. So um, in, t- in terms of your important factors to consider, what would you say when creating documentation for your clients? So we'll get an inquiry from somebody saying they need documentation. Um, I guess one of the things that we're competing against is them deciding not to do it or to do it internally. Um, and I guess also for them to use a competitor. But one of the things we ask them is, you know, why bother? Why do they want to do this? And, and why do they want to do it now? Um, alongside specific things around trying to scope the work, because they want to know how much it's going to cost to get a piece of content created and how long it's going to take. So we'll also probe and ask questions about, is there a deadline that's driving this? What format do they want it in? What type of users do they have and what do they need? Uh, What questions are they asking at the moment? Um, So those are sort of issues that we're asking people so we can get a definition of what it is that will be delivered um, and a rough sense of what the benefit will be from them having it. Although often the answers that come back aren't hard and fast. They're not specific numbers, but more about... They, it's seen as providing a professional product or they're not going to get users to use it or they've got to a stage where they, it's taking them too long internally just to answer support calls and they need a better approach. Mm-hmm. That's great. So uh, what would you say as a best example you have seen uh, of documentation increasing customer retention? Well, it's very hard to get statistics on the benefit of documentation and particularly for us because if we're doing a piece of work and then we're finishing and handing it over to the client um, and in many ways that can be it until the next project comes about so in terms of tracking the benefit of it we can ask clients if they are tracking it but often we don't get a great deal of, of information back so really the best way of answering this question is to say what um, sites have we seen or we've been involved with that we um, what sites that we've seen that we like and what sites that we've been involved with which we like as well um, often we're under non-disclosure so I can't actually tell you the clients that we have but um, mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll take it in a more general term the, sure, the sites sure. that, are, that are really good out there one is Stripe um, they spend an awful lot of time and effort developing their site it's aimed at getting people to use the Stripe API. It's aimed at developers and they've got, they've really set the standard on how that type of documentation is done. The sort of left, right, two column approach or even three column approach was really seen as them doing that first. Um, More recently, they've done some nice things in having examples and animated guides and helping people navigate around. And another one I like is uh, Monzo. Monzo Bank is one of the new challenger banks in the UK. And 
one of the things they've recognized is that you can't really do anything with the API until you sign up. So a lot of the information on their site is pushing people to sign up for a test account, to get authorized so that they can then start practicing with their, their API. Um, and another one, again, in the developer space, uh, DHL, they've got lots and lots of APIs and they've got a nice developer portal with information on what the different APIs are, why you would use them, what benefit you'd get, how they fit into the process of getting a package from point A to point B, and which of all the different products at DHL sells, which is the right one. Um, so uh, three examples there, that are, particularly within the API space, that I think are, are good to look at and, and copy. And, the, and for a wider scheme, the, the gov.uk website, uh, developed by the Government Digital Service, which has all the information about the things that the British government does. And they've introduced a whole set of things for doing stuff like ordering a passport or getting car tax or getting planning permission and made that whole process very streamlined and very easy to understand. That's great. Uh, so that that's uh, great to hear uh, different uh, people how they leverage uh, LS. So in terms of technical writers, uh, these days we see different profiles who get uh, involved in documentation, right? Uh, so just coming to technical writers profile, what would you say is the most important quality one should have in order to succeed? Well, the, if you're talking about one, it's the ability to write clearly and succinctly. But really there's about five aspects of what makes a good technical writer. And this came from some research and I can't for the life of me remember who did it or where it came from, but the top thing that you need is the ability to write clearly. Then there's the ability to have empathy with the user, understand what the user needs and wants. Um, and then time management, the ability to get the documentation delivered on time. You don't want any company waiting for the documentation before a product can be shipped. Um, then the thing that companies get really worried about, and that's domain knowledge, which isn't as important as people think, but it's still, still important. Do you know what is meant by different buzzwords and terms? And probably finally after that, tools knowledge. Do you know how to use one particular tool over another? And I would say it's all of those skills, but first and foremost, the ability to write clearly. Fantastic. So uh, how do you measure the quality of your documentation, Ellis? Well, I don't think we do um, because we're doing it for clients. And often I'm worried that clients aren't measuring it themselves. Um, having said that, before any content goes out the door, there are certain quality measures that we run through to check the, the contents of a high enough quality. And there is a quality measure that IBM developed, which is in, um, just been mentioned a number of times in, there's a book that IBM published on this, and it's also been mentioned in some articles uh, that have come out in some of the journals. Um, so let me talk about what those are. Um, and one is accuracy, freedom from mistake or error and adherence to fact or truth? And are there any mistakes in the steps that have been described? The other thing is concreteness, the inclusion of appropriate examples and similes and um, things that can explain terms that might not be familiar to somebody. 
um, retrievability or findability? Can people find the information they're looking for quickly and easily? Um, task orientation, which comes from the idea of minimalism, and that is the focus on helping users do the thing they want to do, do the tasks relating to their jobs um, and what they want to achieve. And, and linked to that is also error recognition, helping people identify when they've gone wrong. Um, clarity, can they understand it the first time they read it? Um, completeness, is everything included in the information uh, to the right level of detail? Um, organization, is it arranged in a way that's coherent and makes sense to the user? Um, style, is the writing and the word and phrases appropriate? The link to that is whether you're using plain or clear English. Um, and visual effectiveness, is the information laid out in, the, in a way that makes it easy to, to understand? Are there illustrations and other graphical devices that can help people understand the information that they want? So that's, that's been around for a number of years and you'll see that sort of structure when people talk about content strategy and measuring websites. And I, I think it's a very good way of, of just checking the content that's created is, is right. Fantastic, Ellis. Uh, so I think uh, with that, um, we will be moving on to our rapid fire round. But before we move on to the rapid fire round, is there any other points or uh, uh, tips you would like to share with our uh, audience today? Um, any tips or advice? Um, I can't think of anything um, particular um, that springs to mind um, at this moment in time. It might come after, after the other questions, but no, nothing that springs to mind straight away. No problem at all. So let, let's move on to your rapid fire round. I'm just going to take you uh, to a few years uh, in the past. So who have you learned the most from in your career? Well, that's a hard question to answer. Um, I've been going to technical writing conferences for a good while now, and there's some very good speakers at those events, familiar faces that you see, where I think probably over time I've learned a lot from them, and also bloggers and also people doing podcasts from those. Uh, Rahel and Bailey is certainly one that um, I've learned a lot from. And people like Mark Baker, who has a website called Every Page is Page One. Uh, Tom Johnson, who's got a website and a podcast called I'd Rather Be Writing.com. Um, Matthew Ellison, who's been on the technical writing conferencing for a good while. Um, and from the content strategy side, I suppose Christina Halverson has been useful. And then there's been my colleagues that I work with at Cherry Leaf. Um, and people from the early days when I just was starting out um, in the world of technical writing and learning the basics of how to do structured writing and chunking information and those that basic information. I was when, when I started off at TMS, I was taught a technique called information mapping, and I found that to be a very good grounding in writing clearly and organizing information in a well-structured way. It's a technique that's been around since about the 1960s and it's underpinned some of the ideas of Ditter. Um, but that basic idea of writing in chunks of information, self-contained units, that I found very valuable. Um, and that just basic methodology or method or approach I found very useful. 
Fantastic, Ellis. So that's quite a lot of resources um, you've uh, you've uh, you've referred there. I'm sure the audience will be re- um, looking forward to read or um, um, listen to some of the resources you've mentioned. So, in that sense, can you share a technical or UX-related resource you have consumed recently? Well, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts at the moment, and if you go back about a year, there weren't that many focused on technical writing but there seems to be quite a number that have come across have come about in recent times so i would i think what i would recommend people listen to podcasts um, and mix and match it um, so if i can i'll mention a number of, of those um, so there's the one that people are listening to now which is knowledge-based ninjas isn't it that's how long have you been going with that now it's about um let's see what it's about um, th- uh, six months old now, isn't it? No, four months old. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, roughly four to six months, uh, Ellis. That's yeah. right, yeah. We've got uh, about 20-odd um, um, guests already published. We have a few more in the editing phase. Yeah. Uh, thank, thank you for referring our podcast, by the way. <laughs> okay. Um, so there's that. There's our podcast, which is the Cherry Leaf Podcast. Um If you're interested in Ditter, there's uh, the Content Strategy Experts podcast, which is by Scriptorium. Um, There's the Write the Docs podcast, uh, which is more about developer documentation. There's a podcast from Brazil called the UX podcast, which is about UX writing. Um, uh, Let's have a look at some of the others. There's uh, Jacob Moses has one called the Not Boring Technical Writer podcast which is about career development as a technical author. Um, there's Tom Johnson's, as I mentioned, I'd rather be writing. Um, another one, um, the manuscripts. So there's a, a few on my list and um, they're nice things to listen to um, either early in the morning, um, if you get up early um, or, or um, if you're walking or commuting and they're quite handy to listen to at those times but uh, podcasts are a very good way of, of um, listening to and getting information and different ideas and again with the interview approach it's uh, it's quite good of listening to people with different views and different experiences that's great ellis so it's absolutely pleasure to hear from you all your uh, over 18 years of experience so before we say goodbye um anything that we missed to cover in this po- uh, podcast uh, episode no i don't think so i mean the only thing is one of the things you are and i know you ask a lot of your guests is how do they measure the content that they are creating um and that is one of the challenges and weaknesses of technical three, it can be very hard to measure what's what's happening, and um, um, it will be interesting to see whether the answers that you get from the people you ask develop over time, because it has been a long-standing issue um, trying to find ways that people can do that. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why we would like to hear that from all of our guests as well, as because um, to be really honest, for the, all the guests I have in, uh, had the sessions with so far, um, maybe two to three people have answered that straightforward, saying we know exactly how we measure and they have a process in place. Uh, but majority of them, they just uh, 
struggle to answer that question, but still we would like to understand how, or at least raise this question in everybody's mind, you know. <laughs> One thing you do see that's different with people doing UX writing or coming from a usability perspective is the way that they look at the question is how many friction points can they get rid of throughout the customer journey by providing content in the right places? So it's not... Um, so it's really about the ease of use and trying to measure that and the benefit of, ben of documentation in, in preventing problems through usability testing. Now, typically, technical writers can be kept away from end users and not have that opportunity. But it seems with people calling themselves UX writers that they're seeing user research and customer journey mapping as fundamental to their job. Um, and using that research to then plan and map out what content is required. Um, and perhaps that will be a way that we go in the future to move away from trying to measure call deflection and um, other perceived benefits there might be, but look at it as a way of improving the usability and customer journey. Absolutely, absolutely. Fantastic. So uh, thank you once again for spending your time with us today, Ellis. And uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to meet you uh, through this podcast. And I'm hoping that we will keep in touch and enjoy the sunshine. Thank you and enjoy it. You're not too far from me, I understand. So we're only about 20 miles away. Um, so yes, I hope you have um, as good as weather. <laughs> um, the clouds aren't too uh, aren't coming over your way um, and they're nice and sunny there um, and yes keep up the podcasting it's, uh, it's good to see as many podcasts as we can in this field absolutely thank you so much Ellis and um, yep bye 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 cheers thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.